Hi, would you like me to serve you another helping of English language? Would you like to hear one more episode of Zenx English podcast? It seems like I'm giving you a choice, but actually I'm not. Because you don't have a choice here. Uh, you have to listen to this. Actually, you have a choice. Uh, it's not true. Although it would be hard for me to admit if you actually decided not to listen anymore to this. It would be a bitter pill to swallow for me. Because admittedly, there are some other podcasts out there which are pretty good. And obviously there is the Luke's English podcast, which is sacred. I can't really touch that one. Uh, it would be blasphemy if I did that. But there are other podcasts as well. Podcasts uh, of some lepers. For example, Guillaume's English podcast or Learning with Myself or Chris's English podcast. And actually, I think it happened about 14 days ago when uh, all these three guys who are hosts of these three podcasts actually joined forces and started uh, a brand new podcast called A Chatcast. And they even featured Luke Thompson on their chatcast. So if you are curious, I think you should check that out. I have also been invited to, to their chatcast and uh, obviously um, I will take guys up on this offer as soon as I can because I think it's an interesting project. I'm not jealous. Uh, I'm not jealous if uh, their podcasts are successful, of course. Uh, strong, tough, fierce competition of lepers that I'm facing here. It's a cutthroat competition. But I'm not jealous. Why am I not jealous? Well, because um, I am convinced of the quality of Zdenek's English podcast, of course. No, actually, I'm slightly jealous. Slightly jealous that uh, guys had Luke on their podcast. No, you should not be jealous, Zdenek. Why would you be jealous? You already had Luke on your podcast. Yeah, it's true. It's true. I think I'm not in a position to be jealous. I wish them all the best, of course. Uh, it's a competition, but we have to help out each other. All our podcasts are small so far, so, you know, we kind of have to stand by each other. And uh, by doing so, we can eventually all benefit from this mutual cooperation, basically. All right, anyway... This episode, um, you know, I made a promise in the episode 92, which was called a talk with Bill about Americans and pastoring. You know, the episode in which I interviewed Bill, the American pastor. I made a promise there. I promised that I would do a language analysis episode. And that's exactly what you are about to get in this episode. It's a real treat, isn't it? Yes, obviously, um, I'm going to dissect the interview just like I did it with Luke Thompson. Uh, I'm just going to do this with the episode 92. I won't be focusing on, on the language that appeared on the episode 94, Questions for Bill. No, not that one. Just 92, okay? And... In this episode, I'll be looking at mostly vocabulary items, 
some expressions, sometimes idioms, sometimes just some phrases. I'll be looking at their meaning, at the, the context in which they can be used, at the collocations. And sometimes uh, I will look at some synonyms for these words as well. But uh, there will be one grammar point at the end. So that's what you can expect from this episode. I think we should get straight into it. But before I do that, maybe I could tell you that today's episode is special in one aspect. And that's because I'm recording it in, in a classroom of the hotel school. Yeah, that's right, listeners. One of my classes was cancelled because uh, the hotel school students have uh, an internship training. And that's why um, I'm not teaching their class today. And that's why I have got about 40 minutes to record this episode of Zdeněk's English podcast. Isn't that great? I just hope these walls are quite thick in the classroom and my colleagues won't be able to hear me. Uh, I mean, it could be a bit embarrassing if they actually came up to me, you know, opened the door and came up to me complaining about um, the noise I'm making by recording Zdeněk's English podcast. It would be embarrassing, um, you know, how information disseminates quickly, how information and gossips get spread so quickly, especially in, in the environment like this, you know, where uh, with a lot of staff. So I will try to uh, keep my voice to a reasonable level in order not to be surprised by my colleagues like that. All right? Okay. Let's get started, shall we? That's what you are here for, to listen to some English. Okay, so, number one. So, yeah, we just met yesterday at, at the high school, where one of the high schools that you uh, teach at. Yes, so teach. My listeners know it's a, a hotel school, actually. A high school. Well, high school... Um, in American English, they use the term high school to refer to a secondary school. Now, a lot of my students, a lot of Czech students, make this mistake of understanding this term as the school uh, to which undergraduates go. No, that school is called a university or a college. Okay? So, if we speak about higher education, we need to use university or college. All right. High school is a secondary school, so it's for students aged between, let's say, 15 to 18 or something like that. Okay. So be careful. It's a common false friend for Czech students, and it must be similar to other nationalities as well. Okay. So don't be overconfident uh, if you think you are at a high school. Don't think that you are studying and so it's a, it's a prestigious school this is just one step in your uh, career path a step that most students should take high school is um, like a middle school you know like secondary school so don't feel special about studying at a at a high school feel special if you are studying at a university or college all right okay i've always worked with high school students but I felt like I, I wasn't raised in a, as a Christian and, and there was a lot that I didn't know. So I mm -hmm. started taking studies in seminary. 
to raise somebody, uh, this can be used in more contexts, this verb, uh, with various collocations. And the one we are interested in here is when you raise a child. And it means to look after uh, uh, the child's development, you know, his, especially his mental uh, development, like when we form the child's attitudes or values as parents. Okay, so here it means to bring up. Okay, to raise somebody means to bring up, to bring somebody up. All right, so this is the second word. And um, through that time, really felt God called me to pastor. And, um, and it just became very clear that that was the path for me. A path for me, a path for me, in American English they would say a path, in British English a path means basically a career path, you know. Here we make use of a metaphor, um, uh, you know, when you travel around a country, there are different paths that you can uh, take, you know. You can go along different paths, paths. And it's hard to say paths, isn't it? Th and s sound, paths, you know. Uh, it's, it's a bit of a tongue twister, really. There is a word, depths, depths, which is the hardest one. But paths, okay. Now, obviously, uh, it's like in life, you can take different paths, which means you can uh, go for different professions, and it's up to you if you study medicine and become a doctor or, or I don't know, if you study civil engineering and uh, become a, a civil engineer or something like that. So there are different career paths one can take. Okay. I've always worked with high school students, but I felt like I, I wasn't raised in a, as a Christian and, and there was a lot that I didn't know. So I mm -hmm. started taking studies in seminary. Uh, another word is vein of Christianity, or another phrase is a vein of Christianity. And here, similarly, like in the previous example, it's a metaphor, actually. You know, vein is this, uh, is this vessel that goes right from the heart. And, you know, heart is this organ in human body that pumps up blood into other organs. And the blood goes through vessels, they are like little tubes or pipes, you know, like imagine this as, uh, as if it was a water piping system or something. In instead of water, uh, a blood circulates through these pipes called vessels. And there are three types of vessels, of, of course, arteries, veins and uh, capillaries. So we are interested in veins. Veins are those that carry uh, blood without oxygen back to the heart, those that are usually blue-colored and those which usually doctor, uh, uh, those which doctor will ask you to, to show him when he needs to take your blood, right? We, he, he looks for, a, for a, a vein, yeah? So, yeah, so vein of Christianity basically means it's like a branch branch of Christianity, you know. Uh, Christianity has more veins, more branches, and uh, the one that uh, Bill was talking about was just a, just one vein, okay? Vein, not wane, vein. Right. 
And so that's what defines all of us. But there are some differences. For example, um, you have a wife, right? Yes, yes. And you are a priest. So that's how right. come? Because yeah. I know like here, if you are a Catholic priest, you can't have wife because yes. you need you need to follow the celibacy. Yes. Right? So yeah. Uh, yeah. And that's definitely one of the things that defines Protestantism. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's a big thing. Isn't yeah, it? yeah, very much so. If something defines you, that's basically who you are. So if you play football and uh, study English, and if you're into zombies, just like I am, then this is what defines you. Football, English, and zombies define you. That's who you are, and that's who I am. Uh, listeners, uh, I'm sure uh, some of you may be uh, doing the fa face palm expression now. Why would you put football, zombies, and English at the same level, Zdeněk? Well, it's because these were the first three words that came up my mind and um, I just did it, okay? I mean, if you are into cooking, if you are keen on cooking, uh, zombies, for example, then this is what defines you. That's who you are, okay? All right. We can obviously also define words, but that's uh, another use of this. John Wesley was a um, called like a traveling itinerant preacher. He he traveled on a horseback and went all through the countryside and and preached in many farming communities and traveling itinerant preacher. Everybody knows the word traveling. How about the word preacher? Well, preacher is someone who preaches, basically someone who tells people about God. And if this preacher is itinerant, it means he travels from one place to another. Uh, this is like his mission, uh, this preacher's mission. You know, to preach it can be used as a verb, uh, of course. And these days it has some negative connotation. If somebody preaches too much, uh, then um, this person may come across as, as a... As a, as, as a prude, you know, he may be a bit prudish, uh, so it's a little bit negative. Your parents may preach you, may tell you what to do, you know, always nag you about everything, telling you what is right, what is wrong, and this is what we call preaching, and today it has some negative coloring. There is also a saying which says, practice what you preach, which basically means... Don't be a hypocrite. Do as you say. Also, there is a saying for teachers, which goes, test what you teach. And this means that you should give uh, the students tests in the language that you, you previously studied with them. And you should not include something which you haven't done in the classroom. That makes sense, doesn't it? Yes, it does. Okay. So for example, it would not be appropriate to teach you any words, any vocabulary which goes beyond this episode, all right? I'm just, go, I'm just choosing the, the words or the phrases which appeared in this one because I test what I preach or I, I test what I teach, all right? Okay. So what do you accredit that to? What would you say are some of the, the largest factors that cause it to be so atheist? Uh, another phrase is to accredit something to someone And uh, to accredit something to someone, it means something is reason for something, okay? Something is the cause, perhaps. And so we can explain something by giving certain arguments, okay? 
So, for example, uh, recently I have had one episode which did not get many listens, to be honest with you. It was a little bit low on numbers, uh, to my disappointment, of course. And I was wondering why. Uh, I could not sleep, really. I, um, I had to count the sheep to fall asleep that day. I was wondering why on earth uh, uh, didn't people want to listen to this episode. I did not know what I could accredit this to. And I came to a conclusion. I drew a conclusion that there may be different factors for this. Either it could be accredited to the time of publishing. Maybe I, I, I published it in, in some... Uh, <sighs> in some wrong time, you know, too late or too early, or something like that. Perhaps the topic was not so interesting, and now you, you may be curious which episode it was, but I'm not going to tell you. I am not. Mm -hmm. So, another one could be that uh, we have fierce competition, we have cutthroat competition now of all these lepers podcasts, so maybe... You know, maybe it, people find it hard to catch up with all the episodes of us, the lepers. And this may be the reason why this episode was low on numbers. Who knows? Okay, so to accredit something to someone, uh, I, I'm sure you now understand how this can be used. Okay? Yeah, if my history were here, I'm assuming I would be somewhat uh, skeptical of many things when for so many years there was this doctrine then there's another doctrine and and then that doctrine is thought to be false and a new one comes in and somewhat skeptical somewhat basically means rather uh, somewhat is more formal rather is less formal but they they are both synonyms skeptical means not believing in something all right so you can be skeptical about, uh, about your test result. If uh, you think you did badly, then maybe you don't believe that you will pass the exam or something like that. Or I am quite skeptical about Arsenal's prospect this season. I don't think they will win any trophy because uh, the manager seems to be a bit out of his mind. I would say he is off his rocker. And he lost all his marbles, you know, because the decisions he makes, um, the substitutes he brings on, and what time he does it, I don't think this is something an experienced, a seasoned manager like Arsene should do. So uh, I can see just pattern in Arsene's behavior, uh, which tells me that we are not going to win this. I can, I can predict it. You know, based on the evidence. Uh, so this is skeptical. Um, there is a similar word, cynical, which means to be skeptical about goodness of people. If people are cynical, they are kind of negative, negative about something, about goodness, usually. Uh, you can make a cynical remark, uh, uh, which is kind of... Uh, it's like a little bit sarcastic, but in a negative way, if you, if you know what I mean. Doctrine. Uh, doctrine is what people believe, what people follow. It's some kind of set of principles, or it's like ideology, you know. 
something like dogma. It could be another good, loose synonym for this word, a doctrine. And I've learned, oh boy, have I learned. I mean, many times I'm embarrassed by my people within my religion and, you know, the... Okay, another phrase, it's, it's like an exclamation and it's when you say, oh boy, and uh, it was used by Bill, uh, just like most of the other phrases, actually. And my assumption is that this is an American expression because I have heard it more times from Americans. Uh, for example, I heard it on uh, Walking Dead podcast uh, called Talking Dead several times. Oh boy. And I think you can use it, for example, if I was so hungry yesterday. Oh boy, I was hungry. I could eat a horse. Okay, as coincidence, I heard this on Pink Gorilla Story, my favorite Luke's English podcast episode, to which I listened yesterday uh, in my class, actually. I played it uh, in my FCE preparation course class. I was showing uh, my students how one can study or how, how one can work on their listening skills. So I was obviously getting them acquainted with Luke's English podcast. Not, not yet my podcast. I'll do that at the end of the course. Um, I actually started playing American football in high school, and uh, a friend kept inviting me to church. And I, and I thought at that time that church was for anybody that, you know, I, I believed there was a God, and I thought church was for those who hadn't figured that out yet. <laughs> and they just went to figure And so I was like, no, no, no. And when I finally decided to go just to get them off my back hmm. and maybe meet girls... Okay, to figure something out basically means to work something out. It means to put two and two together or to join the dots, as they say. So, for example, imagine you go on a date with a girl and, you know, it doesn't really go well. The girl doesn't ask you any questions at all. She seems not to be interested in you and you, you kind of figure out that she's not that into you. And that this this date is a little bit pointless. No matter how hard you try, no matter what you do, I mean, you can pay for the drinks, you can tell stupid jokes, but anything you say, basically, you kind of figure out that this is not going to work out and there will be no second date, okay? Now, to get, uh, to get somebody off one's back, um, it's... Analogically, we say to get something off one's chest. Well, for example, you have a friend, okay? And he keeps inviting you to a party to which you don't really want to go. You don't want to attend this party because uh, there are some people which you don't want to see or, uh, I don't know, weird thing going on like summoning ghosts on the agenda or something like that. So... This friend keeps inviting you, tries to persuade you and convince you, and it's kind of annoying, but you are this kind of person who finds it hard to say no. So eventually, just to get, get him off your, off your back, you, you agree to, to come to this party, but then you don't uh, arrive, you know, because you, you said, you, you promised just to get your friend off, off your back. Okay, something like that. 
uh, have enjoyed those interactions a lot. And, uh, so, did you learn anything from them, like about our culture, about the the way the way the Czech people behave, or yeah. the way? Well, uh, um, you know, I I picked up that there are there are amazing similarities between Czech high school students and really? American high school students. Yeah, could, could you be more specific? Sure, sure, sure. Yeah. You know that there is a great joy and getting with friends, you know, when you ask, what do you do? Many of that, well, I love going to movies, I love listening to music, I love hanging out with my friends. Um, to pick up means to learn, as we know, to learn something. You can pick up an accent, you can pick up new words, uh, you can pick up... Also, it can mean to understand. You can, you can say, did you pick up... Did you pick that up? Which means, did you understand uh, what I was saying... To pick up has more meanings. Of course, it's a phrasal verb, polysemic phrasal verb, which with more meanings. Uh, there's a fine balance between being self-confident and <laughs> overconfident and and lacking in humility. But you, you know that that's just something that's always been ingrained. We do believe that we're blessed. Lacking in humility. Humility means modesty, which is the opposite of arrogance. Humility basically means if you don't want much from life, if you want uh, just little, you know, if you want from life more, if you want from life more than you need, you are kind of greedy and a little bit arrogant. But if if you are a modest person, you have humility, uh, you understand that you are not best, you understand that uh, you have to behave in a in a nice way to other people, you know. Ingrained means basically deeply rooted. Uh, so we can talk about ingrained prejudice, ingrained habit, or belief. Now, maybe there is an ingrained belief throughout uh, the world that a non-native English teacher doesn't have what it takes to teach English uh, as opposed to a, non a native English teacher. Well, I would like to break this, of course, My objective, my mission, my uh, search, my quest for the Holy Grail is to convince everyone that I have it in me, that I have what it takes, and I would like to break this prejudice, this belief, which is deeply rooted, which is ingrained in the society, that even a non-native English teacher can do a good job. Okay. My dad was... Uh... Uh, a vice president for Foster Farms. He started when I was very, very young as a truck driver and worked his way up. So he's one of those stories, really worked his way up. So to work one's way up means to rise up, basically. It means to, um, to work hard and achieve something in life. It's like a success story, you know? At the beginning, you're nothing. You're zilch. You're zero and then you work your way up to a hero, you know. You become a respected person, perhaps you earn a lot of money, or you, you just get people's respect, and your reputation is good. Yeah, so that's what this idiom, to work one's way up, means. When I use that term proud, and what one of the stereotypes is, it'd be kind of the puffing the chest out, maybe mm. more arrogant. So, mm. so the arrogance, I think, and, and that's not true. Okay, to puff one's chest or to puff the chest out, to puff one's chest out, 
To be honest with you, I tried to look for this for a long time. I tried to look it up on the internet. It means to be arrogant, you know. Arrogant is, if you're arrogant, it means you think you are the best. You kind of puff your chest out, you make it look big, you know. Yeah, so apparently to puff one's chest out means to be arrogant. Okay, to whine or to to complain, basically it means to, to, to moan or to grumble about something, you know, when you are not happy and you, you, you keep talking about it in a kind of an annoying way. To whine, it means like, instead of whining, you should get to some work. Um, a lot of people whine, you know, they're unhappy about politics, for example, but then they don't, they're unhappy about what politicians do, but then they don't go to the elections, they don't take a vote. These people are, uh, can be labeled as whiners, okay? Right. But when someone comes from another culture that is now an American citizen and they vote or they do something along these lines... Do something along these lines. It means um, to do something like this. For example, by recording ZEP, I would like to boost my speaking and my confidence and enrich my vocabulary and stuff like that. I'd like to do something along these lines, okay? So if you want to use a bit of vague language, this is a nice expression to go for. But um, is it also because you, 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 you eat a lot of fast food and the hamburgers, you know? Yeah. That's like the, the stereotype, that's what yeah. the people think. And, and, because... and, and that is another great stereotype mm. that really ties into that, is that we are so busy mm. and that mm. we go... We go, go, go. Uh, it ties into that, means it's connected to it. One could say that I'm doing my podcast for selfish reasons, to improve my own English. But, you know, I'm aware that it may also be helping other people. It may be he helping you, listeners. And I could say that it ties into what I said before. It ties into that, right? It's connected. My personal goals are connected with um, your needs uh, to be exposed to some English. All right? Okay. Now I've got the last point from my list here, and it's actually a grammar one. And it's an interesting phenomenon, actually. Fast food is, 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 is we drive in and we, yeah. and even for myself, even mm -hmm. in ministry, mm -hmm. I can't tell you how many times I'm eating, going from one place to another in my truck while I'm driving, mm. um, uh, because there's just not enough time. And so I go other places. I am going to McDonald's while I'm driving. Now, as you know, uh, Bill speaks about some regular habit here and in English, for regular habits, we use present simple, don't we? I'm sure you will agree with me that this is known even to an elementary student. So why did he use present continuous here? I had to do some digging about this. I had to open a clever book. Uh, it's called Advanced Grammar. And... I found out that we can use present continuous for repeated actions too, especially actions which happen recently.
And I think we do this for some kind of emphasis for uh, strengthening, strengthening reasons. So let me give you an example. Uh, recently I have uh, broken my bike. Uh, I think I had a puncture. That's what we call it in English. And I really need to change my inner tube. Now, because I am a lazy person sometimes, I didn't really get round to it. I haven't got round to it yet. And these days I'm just walking to school, basically. It takes me longer time, but it gives me a chance to listen to some podcasts. Because I don't like listening to podcasts while I ride my bike. So these days I'm walking to school. Now, it's kind of temporary here, isn't it? It's a repeated action, but it's temporary. So perhaps that's why we can use present continuous. Perhaps when uh, Bill was saying, I'm going to McDonald's while I'm driving, it meant he's doing it now and it's just a temporary repeated action, you know? Maybe in future this will change. Okay? I know English language seems to be crazy and illogical. Um, it just happens very often with English, with English grammar. You know, you have a lot of exceptions and irregularities. Unfortunately, you need to um, have the stiff upper lip and just get on with it, you know. You just have to get over it. Otherwise, uh, you won't be able to study English. You need to deal with the fact that English language sometimes doesn't make much sense. Especially now that we know that we use um, typically present simple tense for regular habits. But as everything in English, there are exceptions to this rule. And that's exactly what this last point of this dissection, or the, of this language dissection or analysis was about. I hope you all enjoyed it. Um, I have tried to explain several expressions to you. I'm sure you knew most of them, but hopefully some of it was uh, useful for you and handy. And that's it for today, basically. I hope you have a good time. I hope you look after yourself well. I hope you all have a successful day today. And as always, I would like you to, to write me uh, some feedback, to leave a comment, uh, get back to me and, and in any kind of way. Um, there are some people who do it and I'm really, really always happy whenever I receive an email from, for example, Daniel from Italy. It's such a, it's such a nice thing from him to do. I mean, he doesn't have to do this, does he? But he, he sends me regular feedbacks about my episodes and I'm, I'm so grateful to you, Daniel, that you do this. And let me, let me give you a shout out, shout out, as we say in American English. I'm giving you a thumbs up as well for this because, you know what? I think you are killing two birds with one stone. First of all, you are helping me, but also you're helping your English because as you write your emails, you, you improve your writing skills, don't you? So keep up the good work. I think you are setting an excellent example, examples for other learners of English as well. Okay, I think that's it from me. I have said everything I wanted and all that remains to say is just goodbye. Bye.